Greetings and welcome to The Point Being, Ipsos's weekly core political podcast. This is episode 23, and I'm Phil Elwood, joined by Chris Jackson. Greetings. So today we're going to start off with the core political data, uh, specifically the right track, wrong track of the country. Chris, how are we doing? Well, we're not doing great. Um, the uh, direction of the country, as felt by most Americans, is not going in a good direction. 60% this week say we're off on the wrong track. Um, this is mostly data collected in the wake of the events in Charlottesville. Um, and it seems to be uh, resonating in the data. And what's most, I think, noteworthy is that independence, which used to be a little bit more divided between uh, thinking the country is going in the right direction or wrong track, wrong track, have really seemed to have lost faith this week, uh, with only 11% of independent voters uh, saying the country is going in the right direction. Only one in 10, basically. Uh, that puts them in the same ballpark as Democrats, who have for the last couple of months thought the country is going in the wrong direction, leaving Republicans as the only group of Americans who think we're going in the right direction. And there, only half of Republicans think we're going in the right direction. I don't want to go too far off into political punditry here, but if 11% of independents, the people who actually decide elections, uh, think the co- country's going in the right direction. Is Trump going to get invited to a lot of stump speeches during the midterm election race? Uh, well, it depends on the district, probably. Um, you have some districts, particularly in the primaries, where it's a pretty small chunk of the electorate that actually votes. Mm-hmm. And those voters tend to be on the extremes of either side. And, and Republican, strong Republicans are still somewhat approving of the president, um, which takes us to actually Trump's approval rating. Among Republicans, 75% still approve of his job performance. Um, So if you think of a Republican primary, uh, closed primary, where only Republicans are going to vote, he's still quite appealing with that base. Now, when it comes to the general election, though, and you're trying to reach across the aisle or trying to reach to the middle, you see only 11% of Democrats approving of Trump, or or only 1 in 10, and only 30% of independents, or only 1 in 3. Uh, And those are not very good numbers. Those are not numbers that are going to make him terribly appealing as a general election surrogate. Uh, In fact, you'll probably see Democrats trying to tie Republicans to him in an effort to scare, fundamentally, those independent voters in their direction. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So on the main problem facing America, what do the numbers tell us this week? Yeah, so healthcare is still the number one issue, though it's dropped a lot since last week. Uh, we dropped from the high 20s to 16% this week. Um, in, in place of that, there's two new sort of more emergent issues. Uh, war and foreign conflicts is one, now at 11%. That's almost doubled in the last week, and that seems to be mostly a result of the uh, conflict with North Korea, the war of words, the war of tweets. Um, that the president's been engaged in and the concern that's generated. And then actually the other category in the survey, which I think is capturing a lot of the response to Charlottesville, um, where we have 14% of Democrats saying that other is the main problem facing America. I think that's capturing sort of this mix of like racism and white nationalism and all these kind of things mixing together. Uh, And and Democrats are sort of saying that that's that's a big deal. All right, so if Kim Jong-un had his own Twitter account, do you think that uh, that would be better or worse for the American public's opinion? Of Kim Jong-un? 
Of the entire situation. Of the entire situation? I don't know. It depends. I mean, uh, I think that uh, there's an interesting sort of dynamic where people can't stop watching Trump's Twitter, even though it seems people are, generally speaking, not in favor of the things he's saying, but they can't stop watching, right? And and we see that in the approval numbers. 35% this week of Americans approve of Donald Trump's job performance. Um, it's not the lowest mark we've ever seen, but it's pretty close. Uh, and his disapproval numbers at 58%. So that's essentially like three in five Americans disapprove of his job performance. That's really high. That's higher than uh, Obama ever saw. And it's probably pretty close to where George W. Bush was in like the worst of the recession, the start of the recession. So the only place down from here is Herbert Hoover's numbers. Well, that or Congress, because Congress remains the one place that's less popular than the president. Uh, overall, only 21% of Americans approve of Congress, uh, so one in five. Um, that's relatively evenly divided between Democrats and Republicans. Nobody particularly likes Congress. The thing that's a little interesting, though, is we also ask about specific individual congresspersons, um, and they, too, have taken a bit of a tumble in the last week where people just aren't as positive about their congresspersons in, in individually in addition to the institution as a whole. I think in sort of taken together, there's just a lot of distrust and discontent with sort of the institution's government. That makes sense. So I want to switch gears real fast to uh, the Global Consumer Confidence Index that Ipsos does on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, could you tell us a little bit about this index and some of the more salient findings this this month? Yeah, so I think that actually it's, it's a good thing to sort of put all of this political stuff in context, right? Because Trump's approval ratings continue to slide. Um, Congress's approval ratings are, are sliding. Americans think the country's going in the wrong direction, and yet most Americans are actually relatively happy with the economy. So the thing that's normally thought of as the main driver of public opinion or public contentness is actually doing all right in the United States. Uh, our consumer confidence level is uh, at 60.6 on our scale. That is essentially sort of a normal level. It's, it's, it's recovered entirely from the collapse we saw during the Great Recession, and actually puts the United States more confident than a lot of other places around the world. Um, you know, the only other places we see that have sort of similar levels of confidence are places like China, which is still, you know, enjoying a fair amount of growth, um, Scandinavia, Sweden particularly, uh, which is also pretty uh, robust. Um, and we're certainly doing a lot better than some countries that seem to be struggling right now, like Brazil, or South America or Italy that where consumer confidence is really sort of weak and kind of collapsing as the economies there really start to struggle. All right. Now let's move on to my favorite segment of the show, the Game of Thrones Deadpool. That's right. So in our Deadpool from last week, so this is, remember, this is last week's data. This is before Sunday night's episode. Uh... We had our question. We actually adjusted our question a little bit. So the original version was just you selected one person you thought was going to die. Given that we're getting close to the end of the season, we changed that so people can select up to three people that are going to die because they tend to start killing people off at a faster clip towards the end of the season. Um, a red wedding sort of situation. Exactly, where a whole host of people can go up at once. And now, spoiler alerts. So if you haven't watched the episode, stop the podcast right now. Um 
the uh, the two uh, victims of the most recent round of deaths in Game of Thrones actually did not top out our list. Uh, the Tarleys, father and son, ended up being only low single digits in our Deadpool last week, uh, even though they were the losers of the loot train battle. Um, the people that were considered to be the most likely to kick the bucket was uh, Littlefinger at 15%, and certainly he's been sort of messing around, uh, you know, getting under Arya's skin, and that seems like a deadly proposition, uh, but so far he's uh, okay. One or more of the dragons, and they certainly have been uh, alluding to that happening with all the stuff with the ballista crossbow thing. Um, and then Jamie Lannister and Theon Greyjoy uh, tied for third most likely to die. Um, Jamie, I think, uh, particularly after what happened in the loot train battle, getting like knocked into the water after trying to charge a dragon, sort of seemed like maybe his number was up, but he seems to be safe for the moment. Uh, we'll have to see this week how people have responded to to the Tarleys going up and then particularly to Jon Snow taking his Dungeons and Dragons party north of the wall to capture a dead man. <laughs> and last week, if anybody had thousands of extras killed by a dragon, they won. That's right. Thousands of extras. That should be a category, actually. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Point Being. We look forward to talking to you next week about the uh, polling numbers as well as Game of Thrones Deadpool. Thank you very much.